Let's talk about affordable housing, but let's talk about it from a perspective that we haven't just yet. We have a lot of builds that take place, and we do see affordable housing units included in those builds. And this is something that can be helpful, but at the same time, what are the rules around this, and and how does this come together? We certainly heard that London, Ontario had received uh, an amount of money, I'm thinking it was over $70 million not too long ago, and this was to address the local housing crisis. Joining us right now, we have Nick Gafusha, who is the Vice President of Affordable Housing at Ellis Dawn. Nick, thanks so much for taking some time to speak with us. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. When it comes to introducing affordable housing units, creating affordable housing units, when you are building new builds and new big buildings, is there a rule book to go by? I wouldn't say there's a specific central rule book, but there there are some, you know, initiatives at different levels of government in Canada that are really incentivizing developers to build affordable housing. I think you I think you hit a key point where you said including in your developments, and I think that's where we're falling short. Um, what we're seeing right now is particularly under the national national housing strategy, um, a lot of different programs that encourage traditional real estate developers uh, to include a percentage of units to be affordable in their in their rental bills specifically. And the way that you would define that typically um, is 80% of your average market rent, and that's held over a period of time, and that's what you uh, call quote-unquote affordable. Um, but to meet the, go- the government's goal of 3.5 million new units uh, to achieve affordable levels, uh, it's just not meeting the mark. Um, so the rule books that we've been trying and the strategies that they, they've been effective to a certain extent, but we certainly have a gap that we further need to address. Nick, in terms of incentives, because that is a word that we hear a lot whenever we're talking about things like building affordable housing, that it has been incentivized, we can step back and say, but does it work for builders? How do we make those two paths meet? Yeah, and that's a great question, and I'm not going to have all the right an- or the, all the answers on this one. It's, it's obviously a challenge to the extent that it's a crisis in Canada, but um, I'll give you a couple examples. So um, in, incentives in terms of development, so what you've seen is the Housing Accelerator Fund uh, funding the city to uh, expedite its approvals processes and make sure it has the resources at a municipal level uh, to advance projects because a lot of the logjam can happen in the entitlements process and with uh, lack of human resources. Uh, at the cities to advance projects. So they're, 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 they're funded that way, and hopefully that will have an impact in the London community. Uh, a second way was through the Rapid Housing Initiative, which you've seen in the London projects, particularly uh, Baseline, Thompson's, and Sylvan. Um, that was incentivizing specific types of construction. In that case, it was modular and prefab, uh, which Ellison was able to deliver on. And um, so, and it was, it was well-funded. Uh, you know, 100% of hard costs were funded for those projects, um, and that got us through some difficult economic periods. Um, and then you just saw the, uh, you know, the GST um, <clears throat> being exempted from a lot of these projects. So that will have incentives as well. But at the same, at the same uh, time, we're having escalating construction costs. We're having higher interest rates. And the demand is just not meeting uh, or the demand is out, um, outing the supply. So, you know, it, it, it gets you to a certain point, but we're certainly not there yet in what we need to deliver more affordable housing to the extent that we need it for Canadians. We're talking with Nick Kafusha, who is the Vice President of Affordable Housing at Ellis Dawn. And I guess, Nick, as a final question, it's so easy for us to take that general paintbrush, that big, 
paintbrush and just paint everybody the same way and think, well, if a developer, a builder, a contractor, if they're going to do a project, you can't fault them if they want to do the most profitable profitable project and maybe that isn't something that is going to create affordable housing so can you help us to understand how developers builders look at things when it comes to balancing what can be the most profitable thing to build and what is needed to be built because it isn't necessarily up to you to say oh we've got to take care of all the needs of a community but in a way you're you're kind of being asked if you would it's, it's almost to the point of being a systemic question that we're going to have to address. And what we're acknowledging now is that the traditional real estate devol- development model falls short of providing housing that Canadians need. And, and we're already seeing that they're at its, its maximum where um, if, if we're going to meet that 3.5 million homes mark, um, you know, the 250,000 starts a year that you get from business as usual is not going to cut it. So we have to look at an extra four to 500,000 starts a year. Uh, we would propose uh, is rethinking as housing as social infrastructure as opposed to just traditional real estate development. And the way that you've seen large companies like Elliston and our peers uh, in delivering hospitals and critical infrastructure against Canada, that's probably a model that we'll start needing to look at and leverage um, in the way that kind of, you know, puts the profit expectations you would see in traditional real estate back into the infrastructure perspective and building at scale and capacity that Elliston and uh, other companies can do that have remained uh, largely untapped until this point. Interesting. Well, Nick, thank you so much for providing the perspective that I don't think we've been able to hear enough. And that gives us at least an understanding of, of how things are being viewed on the other side. And you're right. If we do need to make that systemic change, then let's get some of those wheels rolling so that we can get the housing that we need and we can address what are the shortfalls all over we can't do much about things like interest rates and costs but maybe those wind up being balanced out ultimately after this demand cools a little bit and i don't know how long that's going to take but thank you for addressing it right now nick have a great weekend 100 percent. thanks so much that is Nick Effusion. Nick is the vice president of affordable housing at Ellis Dawn. So as they look at it, yeah, do we need something systemic? Instead of being that just profit of new real estate, is there a way to move this in, in maybe a different direction? And those incentives are great, but are they doing what they need to be doing? Could those be used differently?